You're listening to Conversations with Koopman. On this podcast series, we invite guests who are qualified professionals and industry experts to talk to us about the latest topics and trends happening in the financial services market. Joining myself and Mark on this episode is Siobhan Sweeney. Siobhan joined AIB in 2006, has held a number of roles throughout the organization before moving into the role as diversity and inclusion lead, developing AIB's diversity and inclusion strategy to further evolve mindsets to break down biases, raise awareness, deliver support initiatives across the group. Siobhan is currently on secondment to the Open Doors Initiative as Director of Development, Diversity, Equality and Inclusion now working with over 80 organizations to provide employment opportunities to some of the marginalized members of our society. Siobhan brings to our attention the need for further awareness and education to drive the DNI agenda. She discusses how FS companies are doing in this regard, explains more about the impact the Open Doors initiative is having. Siobhan is clearly passionate about her work and her insights and opinions are well worth listening to. Siobhan, hello. It's uh, Andrew and Mark here. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me on. Really looking forward to talk to you both today. Brilliant. Uh, no problem at all. Thanks for, for taking the time. We know you're extremely busy with uh, juggling uh, work and college uh, and family life. So, um, look, we can't thank you enough for taking the time uh, to speak to us today. And it's obviously a very important and uh, I suppose topical subject that we're going to cover today around diversity and inclusion and no better person to speak to than, than yourself. So uh, yeah, really look forward to, to our conversation today, Siobhan. Um, I suppose I've taken um, a bit of time to introduce yourself to, to the audience, um, but maybe you can tell us a little bit more, I suppose, about yourself, you know, the work you're doing at Open Door Initiatives and uh, I suppose some of the work you're doing with the partners at present. Yeah, of course. Um, so I'm working with the Open Doors Initiative now the last year. Um, so the Open Doors Initiative, it's a non-for-profit organisation. What we do is we work with a number of companies to help refugees, asylum seekers, migrants. We also work with people with all disabilities and also disadvantaged youth, which would include travellers, LGBT, and we help them get into the workplace, create paths to employment and also reduce barriers. So at the moment, we're working with over 80 organisations and it's a makeup of lots of different sectors that we work with. We work with government, we work with financial service, hospitality, and then we work with a number of NGOs. So our primary focus is all around, our North Star is all around employment for these marginalized groups. Um, And that's what we do on a daily basis. So the companies that we work with and that are members, I guess, of the Open Doors Initiative, we work with them either to create full-time positions. We look at apprenticeships, internships, which we would create and have on our website then for those companies. And then we also work with the companies on a number of different programs, whether that includes education, mentoring and coaching, again, to help their staff and also then to create pathways into the organization for new members to come through. So um, that's kind of a feel of, of what we do. And I guess how I got involved was um, I've been working in AIB the last 14 years. Um, my last role in the organization was head of diversity and inclusion. Uh, the Open Doors was one of our partners that we were working with. 
Um, and the reason that AIB was working with the Open Doors Initiative was to look at bank accounts and I guess the barriers that exist for migrants when they're coming in to open up an account and really when it comes to proof of address and all the documentation that's required. And I guess if you've ever opened up an account yourself, you know the process that you, you that, that it's quite hard and what you have to go through. So it's really that we began looking at it from that perspective in terms of how do we reduce barriers? And it was through my work then with the CEO of the Open Doors Initiative that I got more involved and I'm currently on secondment and um, working with them as uh, the Director of Development and Head of Diversity and Inclusion. Um, with the Open Doors Initiative. Right, okay, wow, brilliant. And some very um, you know, rewarding work to be, you know, helping communities and kind of getting into the workplace. Interesting there that you, you said that you're on secondment from mm. AIB. When you were there, Siobhan, obviously you were heavily involved in the creation of the diversity and inclusion strategy. Yeah. Perhaps you could tell us a little bit more about what was involved with this? Yeah, of course. Um, so really our strategy and when it came to diversity and inclusion for me, it was looking at how does that align and how does that fill in with the overall organisation priorities and strategy of the organisation moving forward? And one of our um, strategic priorities was culture. So diversity and inclusion clearly aligns into that priority. So for me, it was really looking at it in terms of how do we make sure, first of all, that staff are aware of what we're doing? How do we support staff and how do we really embed diversity and inclusion within the organization? A huge part of that is really awareness, but then it's bringing everything together that we were doing in the organization in a really holistic way to make it meaningful to staff. Um, a huge part of the that in the initiatives that were run out from the organization were very much staff led. And um, we had a number of network groups that would run out different initiatives um, from a staff perspective. And um, that really got things ingrained, I guess, from a bottom up approach in terms of staff leading the way in terms of what they wanted um, as a primary focus within the organization, but also then I guess culture being one of the strategic priorities. You had um, top the top management and leadership team really focused on diversity and inclusion and making it meaningful within the organization. So, so I guess really met in the middle in terms of priorities um, from both sides. And um, my role was bringing that all together, I guess, and um, making sure that staff were happy in terms of what we were rolling out across the organization. Um, and then also from a more, I guess, strategic perspective, looking at what else we could focus on in terms of talent selection, decision making, measurement then, and how we would look at that from an organizational perspective, leadership and training, structural initiatives more so than around the policies, procedures that we needed to have in place, and then brand um, in terms of what we were doing for our employees, customers, and all our stakeholders that we that we dealt with. And really for me it was it was breaking that down into tangible goals because when it comes to diversity and inclusion there's really an array of things that you can do and get involved in and it's making sure that you're going to I guess focus on selected items 
where you really want to get bang for your buck and make it meaningful um, and ingrained within the organization's DNA because you can you can end up biting off a lot and then not doing anything properly. So I think that would be my one piece of advice if anybody is starting out um, and looking at their DNI strategy in terms of what like how does it link to your overall strategic priorities within your organization and what are the main things that you want to focus on instead of doing a bit of everything. I would say select a number of things at the start, small number, focus on them, make sure you're embedding them within your organization and getting input, getting input from all levels and constantly amend amend that and start growing on it. Um, I think ingraining it is really, is it, it's vital to have it right and not just as a nice to have, but a constant evolution, I guess, within your organization. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I can see here from your website that um, you work with a lot of different companies and and a lot of different sectors. And yeah. I, I suppose, how, how would you feel? Uh, I suppose financial services companies are, are are comparing or doing when it comes to diversity and inclusion. Do you know like that's like I think that they're doing so much work, um, and I think that you can see that. I think that you can see that more now. I guess through the likes of LinkedIn, Twitter. Um, and social media and also um, from conversations, I guess, within the GNI network in terms of what financial services are doing. I think communication is a key part in that. And uh, sometimes that can be our downfall where we don't communicate enough in terms of what we're doing. And um, there could be a number of great things going on within your organization. But it's making sure that staff and uh, staff of all levels are aware of those within your organization and how they can take part. So I think I think that's that's the number one. Um, first of all, I think within the financial service, I think that there's sector as a whole. I think that there's a lot more education for um, employees, again, across all levels in terms of diversity and inclusion and why it's so important to have and ingrained within organizations. I see more and more training um, happening on an ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. um, also, there's, there's definitely a clear focus in terms of creating more of an inclusive workplace. So more um, universal design is talked a lot more within organizations, making sure that they are friendly, that our buildings are friendly when it comes to both our customers and employees, whether that be the building and its actual layout, non-gender kind of bathrooms, flexi hours, so there's there's that in itself and that whole piece. I think that I I see definitely the financial um, organizations taking a lot more focus on employee led task forces, and and again that's kind of something that I touched on that I was doing within AIB and the networks that um, I had running a number of different initiatives. They're they're definitely very much a key. Um, a key in driving the organization in the right way and then I think that mentoring is is a massive one and I see I see that a, a happening a lot um, across the financial sector and and a lot of the sectors that I work with in terms of mentoring and how that's key um, mm -hmm. within organizations and then I think more recently we're getting down then to holding leaders accountable in terms of metrics and KPIs when it comes to the agenda 
So that's kind of, I think, where it's going, where I see it going more in terms of bringing it back into performance reviews and measuring how organisations are doing when it comes to diversity and inclusion and not just having as a, having it as a nice to have, I guess, mm. but as having having it as part of the organization's objectives like you measure everything else and um, to make sure that it's fully ingrained within within the organization and it becomes part of the day-to-day -day rather than initiatives that are talked about within the organization definitely and i think it's just more of a change of mindset then from from senior leaders to really yeah. embed that as part of the strategy like you said select a few things that you want to focus yeah. focus on and really develop them as, as a as a starting point again from, from from my side and from our side from us speaking to a lot of senior business leaders in, in financial services in dublin specific there seems to be a lot of focus on on diversities especially mm -hmm. do you think is there any issues or, or if there is any issues when, when we look at an inclusion specifically I think with COVID uh, now, I think that inclusion has really been the primary focus. Mm. Um, and if it hasn't, well, it really needs to be the primary focus um, for leaders uh, in all sectors. It, it's really, yeah, it's really interesting through the conversations that we have with the different kind of companies, how important inclusion is and keeping the communication streams going, looking at what way organizations are making sure that their staff are okay during this time. Um, like I know that well-being is massive when it comes to this topic in terms of inclusion. Uh, a lot of staff are suffering from stress and burnout. So like, again, like I know people can come so um, ingrained in the work that they're doing that breaks can be forgotten. People are not eating properly, not drinking enough and staying hydrated. So I definitely think on the topic of inclusion, it's so important to stay close to your to stay close to your team and make sure that they are working reasonable hours or their normal day that they would normally do in the office, mm -hmm. and whether that be nine to five or eight to four or whatever or however that looks like for them. Um, I think it's really important that staff have that communication and the same with like their one to ones and their team meetings that that's all happening through whatever use whatever platform they use whether it be zoom or google hangouts or 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 whatever the preferred yeah. choice is i think that it's really important to stay close to your teams and mm. keep them aligned and keep them focused i guess on their purpose in terms of their work their output and what it aligns to from mm. an organizational perspective because it is actually, it's it's quite easy just to focus on getting the tasks done and what you're doing, but it's really important to make sure that the staff stay motivated, I guess, during this time. Like it's been a long mm. time since we've been in the office environment and yeah. being, I guess, surrounded by colleagues on that whole collaboration piece where you don't get to do a face-to-face, -face, where you don't mm. get to brainstorm and do your blue sky thinking. Mm. So I think it's really important that we create that safe environment, that psychological safety and trust mm. the staff feel that they can tell you how they're feeling um, and articulate that in a way that you that the line managers or leaders will understand I guess and yeah, yeah. I, 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 there, there's so much in that piece alone I think that I could talk to but <laughs> like <laughs> there um, is and because on, on that point because we actually ran a survey <clears throat> a couple of weeks back um just around all that um I suppose the feeling of working from home and working remotely and yeah. what, what that was going to be like during the winter months for a lot of people and and the good thing which I was actually surprised by, by in, in our in our findings was that a lot of people felt very comfortable 
telling their manager if they were under stress or if they were feeling pressure because we were speaking to a lot of people who were saying I'm working weekends I'm working longer be I'm working I'm open up my laptop at nine o'clock most nights yeah. during the week you know so we were quite conscious that a lot of people in in our network which would be dominantly be financial services in Dublin yeah. um were really feeling that but on the other side, what, we, what we've heard is that employers are actually quite good to people and that, you know, they were very cognizant of the fact that people were working harder, working longer, and they really did put in a lot of good initiatives. And I think you're right around that inclusive. You, you, you needed people or employers or business leaders need to give the people more engagement now than ever before and make yeah. them more inclusive you know because it is difficult for people to 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 talk through zoom meetings or teams meetings and not have that physical presence or that physical interaction with your colleagues you know um and yeah. that that came very quite apparent quite quickly from speaking to people you know yeah no and even even to that point though you're right there because i have a few friends now across different in the in banks um across mm -hmm. Dublin and actually some of them have said to me and, and people that have either caring responsibilities or that have kids have mm -hmm. said to me god my my line manager is very good like when it comes to the kids coming in for school or at four o'clock if I have to go and take over mm -hmm. um, and take care of somebody the line manager is very good and very supportive in terms of log off now and go and do that which is absolutely mm -hmm. like great great to hear I think though that we need to obviously be cognizant too of um, introverts that mightn't talk as much when they're not in the office that they might be able to sit back a little bit more mm. at home and not say anything in team meetings and then I think the other thing is we have to be careful of uh, not everybody has an office at home like it's it's the space that they have at home they could be working with parents at home still not in the workplace so I, I think when it comes to inclusion yeah we just have to be we have to be careful that people are set up for success or at least that mm -hmm. they they're set up to the best of their their ability to be able to to work from home for the foreseeable mm -hmm. um at least until we get the vaccine sorted out so I think, I think that inclusion and the touch points with uh line managers and communication um it, it's so vital during Definitely. during this time and um, to make sure that we keep staff engaged motivated mm -hmm. um, and again that they don't forget their overall purpose and what and, and how they play into the bigger picture within the yeah. organization because that could be lost i, I, I think we, we mentioned that yesterday actually yeah. that, and it was a very valid point that everyone's working from home and they're you're in your own working home bubble i should say and then before you know you're kind of like how yeah. was i part of that company how was i involved in that how was i inclusive within that company and i think the the, the, the big thing for companies i suppose even in a post-covid world is just giving the people the trust, but at the same time being, you know, giving them some sort of visibility as well, if you know what yeah. I'm saying, you know, that that's a big key, you know, because a lot of people are going to be somewhat concerned that if I'm not visible in the office, is that going to affect my career progressions? You know, and I think it's important yeah. that business leaders and, and, and uh, you know, are very um, aware that, you know, when people are, are working at home, they actually are working at home, you know, and that yeah. if a person wants to work, in a hybrid working model whereby it suits their family situations to potentially work a Friday from home or a Monday from home, that it's not going to affect their long-term career objections, you know? So it's going to be a quite um, an interesting time in 20, late 2021 when, when obviously companies are going to have to 
implement their, their I suppose they're going their new working environment yeah. post COVID and you know because you, you you wouldn't want that to be a factor to affect anyone in, in their career should they wish to work from home for a couple of days a week you know so because yeah. it, it will be vitally important. No I 100% agree with that like you know this saying mm. out of sight out of mind yeah uh, that, that I know that's been said and mm. a lot of hear that saying so and and I know a lot of people now that they've been working from home and they can they can manage it. Their productivity has stayed the same or, or increased uh, mm. in a lot of cases. I think that it's it's really important that as leaders that you are taking the time to talk about and reassuring, I guess, staff that they will have the same opportunities as everybody else or as if they were in the office still. I think mm. I think that's vital and part of um, a leader's responsibility. Definitely. It's a, as you say, Siobhan, it's a, a subject uh, that could be talked about yeah. uh, separately on its own at great detail. And I think, you know, you both there have kind of brought very valid points uh, around inclusion that are, you know, very relevant at the moment. If we kind of bring it back to kind of the, the wider DNI agenda, just from listening to you, you've obviously mentioned things like awareness, uh, education, holding leaders accountable, mm-hmm. and performance reviews. Going into next year, <clears throat> to keep driving the DNI agenda if you had to kind of boil it down what do you feel you know companies like within financial services can really kind of focus on or improve on if they had to kind of just pick one or two things to, to drive this agenda next year? I think that it's really important that organizations start to look at their talent selection um, that diversity and inclusion doesn't just become initiatives or celebrating certain days where we get out and we decorate the place with our, our flags and our logos or whatever it is and we hold events and bring in our guest speakers um, and they talk about things and they're they're celebrated throughout the year and we mark a number of different events and diversity and inclusion is is seen as more of an events brigade brigade I think that we need to look at it um, more Mm. holistically I guess from an organization perspective and I think that leaders need to focus it focus on the talent selection piece to really make a difference within their organization Um, and again the HR teams the talent acquisition teams I guess that's where if it was me and within my organization that's where I would like to focus my energy um, on in terms of looking at the people who are we recruiting when we go out to our grad fairs like who are the people that we're focusing on again when we're advertising roles how inclusive are our roles do we make it um do we make it so inclusive that other people from different countries with different educations can apply? What barriers do we have within our job ads at the moment that we can remove? I, I would really focus on the talent and um, the talent piece because I definitely see through the work that I'm doing and um, through the Open Doors initiative. There's just oh, there's such a massive talent pool out there um, of people that are so qualified that have PhDs, several masters, like not everybody that we work with hasn't worked before. People are very experienced that have come to Ireland and have lots of different qualifications, but there is still a lot of bias that that exists, I guess, around that in terms of them not being able to get a job because of um, an address that they might put down on the job application because of their name and their name that they have. Um, because they've come from a foreign country like there's so many different biases I think that exist out there that we need to start overcoming because Ireland is such a diverse society 
um, we have to be able to mirror the customers that we serve and our customers want to see that as well. So I think in order to do that, we can only look at the people that we're bringing and attracting into our organizations and how we go about doing that. Um, and, I, and that would be definitely my area of focus. And then I guess when it comes to that then in itself is how do we measure this going forward? Because what measured gets done. So again, back to whether that's holding leaders accountable, looking at measures that we can bring into organizations when it comes to reporting of what certain departments are doing. I think that's really important. Um, so, so they would be my, my two key areas that I would definitely focus on, um, the talent selection piece and then the measurements to go hand in hand with that. And I guess I guess that you both see a lot of like the talent that's coming through, especially when it comes to FS and the way people are recruiting. I think that we need to go a little bit broader than the way that we are to really have teams that are innovative, productive, coming up with new outside the box ideas to to stop us getting into, I guess, any sort of decisions that we've made in the past. I think that by having more more diverse talent, it, it will open us up to growing as an organization and definitely growing not only from a profit perspective, but growing like our offerings that we have for our customers. I couldn't agree more. And I think it was really prevalent last year when before COVID Ireland were almost at full employment rate. And as you mentioned, there was a talent pool there that had the skills that, yeah. that just wasn't being looked at and I, I think you know you, you make a very valid point that if companies focus on their diversity within the kind of frontline mm. uh, talent HR teams then the awareness and the I suppose the comfort to engage with people from different cultures and backgrounds will, will, will be there to then allow them entry yeah. into the organizations because you do see people coming over and they've worked in you know countries with their, their professional qualifications yeah. masters as you say phds um but there's just not maybe an understanding of the companies they've worked for or mm. the backgrounds that they've they've come from uh, and so like maybe it's unconscious or for whatever reasons yeah. they just don't get included into the even in the interview process and i think yeah there's a there's definitely a an opportunity for people in in the talent industry and ourselves included to just raise that awareness and yeah. I suppose, improve the education around it so uh, absolutely i think if everyone can look to focus on that you know next year then you know we'll all be better off for it um obviously you do a lot of great work with multiple multiple partners so i'd imagine you can't just single out <laughs> one company um it might lead lunch in a bit of uh, hot water but um <laughs> What would a good example look like, diversity and inclusion? Oh, do you know what? There's there's so many great, great companies that we work with. But what I love is when I love when I start talking to the, the team or the points of contacts that we have within the organization, and you can really feel that it's just it's so authentic. They really come at it like lateral in terms of their thinking process and they really want to go outside of the box when it comes to like HR or setting up programs within the, their organization to create more of an awareness. Um, so we, we would do a lot of town halls with different organizations where we would talk to them about the kind of work that we could that they would do that we would do and then I then I find that um, some organizations would then let it go to their staff and let their staff vote in terms of what they would like to focus on with us 
So whether that's an internship program that they want to create or if they want to do mentoring, like so some companies are really authentic, I guess, in terms of the way they go about it and their relationship with us, the relationship when it comes to diversity and inclusion. And that just that speaks to that that just speaks volumes because you can feel it straight away. You can hear it in their voice. You can see it that they're coming from a really authentic place. And it's not just a tick the box exercise in terms of trying to get through actions that they have um, on their action plan and they and they need to achieve like I, I I do understand from a business perspective that there is actions of course that people need to get through I think but to make it more authentic and really and really to make it live within their organization and to grow and to get staff buy-in you can only do that if you're coming from a real place where staff feel that it's that these things are going to be around for the good times and the bad times and that we're not just going to have these kind of initiatives or programs when times are good and we have budget if anything it's more important when you see them when times are bad because that's when they really matter um, especially when it comes to inclusion and the topics that we've just covered today so so for me that that's kind of the biggest one when I can see that in companies that it's it's truly ingrained in their DNA and they engage with us more more than ever when times are tougher, when when budgets are really hard within organizations and they still want to look at what initiatives they can do and what they can roll out for their staff and bring it to life. Uh, like I, I just think that's vital to have within any organization to make it a, a success because if organizations are just looking to take a box, there can be massive repercussions for the brand in terms of that. And I think you can see that now through the likes of Glassdoor and platforms that are out there now where people can go on and rate companies in terms of how they are actually performing against DNI. And I think that if employers are just doing it to think a box, they, they, they kind of need to think again because it can backfire quite easily um, yeah. and staff will want to work in an organization like that. So you're not going to be, you're not going to be attracting talent. You're not going to be retaining the talent that you have there. So I would say like do it in an authentic, genuine way, whether that's starting off with just something very small um, and letting that grow and embed them within your organization and then moving on to the next thing. But, but, but do it slowly and do it right um, and, and do it that you're coming from the right place and not just ticking a box. That would be the one thing that I would say. So I suppose just to conclude for you know, companies and, and business leaders listening, it's really come from a genuine place, yeah. um, less lip service, commit to your budget and take a more holistic action in, in kind of yeah. driving this across your organization. Yeah, that's definitely the key message. Absolutely. Brilliant. Well, I think it goes without saying, uh, Siobhan, that you're very passionate about the work that you do and uh, Open Doors have uh, no doubt been very lucky to, to have you and uh, obviously AIB prior to that. So um, it's been really interesting getting your, your thoughts and ideas and um, lots to take away from this conversation uh, today. So thank you so much for your time. And I'm sure Mark will, will agree that um, certainly things for us to take Brilliant. on board. Well, thank for, you so much for also. having me. It's been a pleasure talking about the different topics and if anybody wants to get in touch, like our website, I hope you don't mind me giving it a plug, but our website is www.opendoors.ie. And if you want to contact us, please feel free to do so at info at opendoors.ie. Thank you so much, guys. 
Brilliant. And I don't think it's too early to say, but Merry Christmas. And uh, yeah, thank <laughs> we'll, we'll, you. we'll speak to you again, Siobhan. Thank you, Siobhan. Bye now. Thank Bye. you so much. Thanks for listening to Conversations with Koopman. To subscribe to our channels or sign up to our mailing list, please visit koopman.ie forward slash podcast. Koopman is a specialist financial services recruitment company for accounting, finance, risk and compliance. For further information on the market, please reach out to us directly.